Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about the science and art of becoming happier. This week we'll talk about how you might save someone's life and hear from listeners about a range of subjects ranging from a student's persistent tardiness to packing cubes to traditions to celebrate friendship. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, human nature, and the five senses. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, you're headed back to KC soon. I am so envious. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yes, Scratch, I'll be home for Thanksgiving. I can't wait. Yes. But before we jump in, a few updates. Yes. Okay. Please keep sending your gift ideas. We're doing our holiday gift guide soon, and we want your ideas. Yes. Also, we're starting to come toward the end of the year. And if you're thinking about New Year, New You and starting the new year, one thing I've noticed over the last decade is that a lot of people like to read my book, The Happiness Project, in January. It starts in January. It never occurred to me that people would actually want to read it starting in January, but... One of the things you learn as an author um, is how people read your book. So you might be interested in that. And if you would like to get a personalized signed book plate for your book, or if you want to give it as a gift to someone, and you are in the United States or Canada, I will send you book plates, as many as you want, within reason. I will put a link to that in the show notes, or you can get it on my site, GretchenRubin.com, under resources. And I love to do that, so feel free to ask away. And it could be for any book. It's not just for The Happiness Project. It's just that a lot of people seem to read The Happiness Project in January. And then, Gretchen, we talked about crackers the other day, about the tradition of pulling apart these little packages that make a pop and have gifts inside called crackers. Yeah. And we heard from so many people about crackers. And this was interesting. Laura from the UK said, the only bit about the cracker segment that was a little sad was hearing that crackers are also now becoming a year-round thing in the US. That to me is almost sacrilegious. Like hearing somewhere sells carving pumpkins in April or Easter eggs for Thanksgiving. (laughs) They're a very particular part of a British Christmas, hokey as they definitely can be. And I think when something can be had at any time, it loses its special charm for that particular season. Well, that's interesting, Gretch. Since they're not as meaningful to us, we don't feel that way. Yes, and we don't have them strongly associated with Christmas the way they clearly do in their origin. So I thought that was really interesting. And I, and I really take her point that sometimes we enjoy things more when we enjoy them less. 
Um, it's sort yes. of one of the paradoxes of the five senses. And, it, and I realized that part of the reasons that crackers are so fun is they are such a five senses gift because you can smell, there's a little bit of that gunpowdery smell, or I don't know what that yes. is, but the, when they pop and they make the pop and there's the crinkle of the paper crowns and there's just the fun of the way they look. There's often that candy in them, which you would think these things like would that you they would so often have candy, so there's no taste. Um, but I bet you can buy crackers that have all five senses. So I was like, oh, that's why these yes. are so fun. They're a five senses or four senses Ooh. at least treat. Yeah, Gretch, yeah. this would be a great item for your shop. Yes, I really, I was thinking about that. Yes, my sensorium emporium. Yes, <laughs> yes. So the try this at home suggestion this week is to save someone's life. Okay, Gretch, this is interesting. How did you come to this? Because okay. it's a it's a big topic. It's a big topic, and this is how I started to think about it. So I was at a birthday party for a friend, and we were all sort of buffet style. We were all sitting in little clusters, and I was talking to three other people, and somehow we started talking about the question of had anybody ever saved anyone's life? Now, in my mind, saving someone's life was an extraordinarily rare dramatic thing that like did i know anybody in my whole in my in my whole circle of acquaintances other than a doctor who had saved someone's life i, I would have thought no it turned out that all three of these people had saved someone's life one person had saved her son from choking in a restaurant one had saved a child from a drowning in a pool and one guy had but done both he had saved a stranger in like a company cafeteria from choking and he had saved a man from being swept out to sea Wow. So this got me thinking, like, well, maybe this is much more common. But here's the other thing that was really surprising before we share our responses from listeners, is that I would have thought that this would have been like an exciting, ecstatic memory, and they would have been really thrilled to talk about it, and it would have been really joyful. And in fact, it was not that way at all. They were all, three of them, kind of haunted. It was very serious, very grave. The memories were very full of emotion. And I thought, well, this is strange. This is surprising to me because I would think this would be so happy. And what I think it is, is that there's like this sliding doors quality where you're at a mm. moment where you see so clearly, like in a moment, things could have gone completely differently. And you also realize... I managed to step up, but you know yourself and you're like, well, maybe I wouldn't have stepped up. Maybe I couldn't have stepped up. Maybe it wouldn't have worked. Like I'd never done the Heimlich maneuver. Maybe it wouldn't have been able to do it properly. And so instead of having it be like a really joyful memory, it's a memory that is full of this fear of like, oh, what almost happened? So I thought this was fascinating. So I started asking around um, like on social media, had you ever saved someone's life? It turns out this is far more common and people answered it in far more wide ranging ways than I had expected. It's fascinating. Well, let's listen to some examples. Sarah yeah. said, my uncle saved my life at least twice by taking the car keys from an intoxicated person who was hell bent on driving me and driving me himself instead. Mm. The intoxicated person refused to let me drive, but agreed to let my uncle drive. My orthopedic surgeon saved my ability to walk when a tumor on my spine almost paralyzed me. Wow, that's a lot. Anne said, my husband saved mine by helping me through cancer treatment. He never missed a beat, and I will be eternally grateful. Probably a lot of people have stories yeah. like that. Yeah. Susan said, I have. I saved a little boy about three or four years old who was choking on a piece of candy. His mother was hysterical, of course. He was in the back seat of her car in his car seat. 
She stopped in the middle of the driveway of a shopping center. She got him out of his car seat. I stopped my car in the middle of the driveway too, got out of my car and performed the Heimlich maneuver. As soon as I saw he was okay and breathing, I got back in my car and drove away. Amazing. Yeah. Jill said, I yelled freeze at a stranger's toddler running into the road. I was too far away to grab him and his parent was distracted. He froze and a car was right by that I'm almost certain would have killed him if he had kept going. I just learned the technique of substituting freeze for stop or no in a danger situation, as young kids often filter that out and ignore the more common words if they're told them too often. It worked, thank goodness. I was traumatized though. So this is interesting. Like this is sort of a drive-by hack, which is say freeze. Yeah, I had not heard that, and it's interesting. Like also for her, it's a it's a difficult memory. It's interesting. Amy said, "This is a stretch, but a couple that seemed like they were on a first date were at the next table at a restaurant. She clearly couldn't breathe. The guy started hitting her on the back. I got up and encouraged him to get behind her and do the Heimlich maneuver. It worked. I heard her say it was lettuce. It was awkward, and we all sat down like nothing happened." <laughs> Bad first date. Jenny wrote, haunted is a good word to describe the feeling. I still think about it 15 years later. I was an undergrad waiting to cross the street and some guy was talking on his phone, standing in the street, not on the sidewalk. I saw a bus coming up the road and pulled him by his backpack onto the sidewalk. At first he was confused as to why I touched him, but then saw the bus and said to the phone, dude, some girl just saved my life. <laughs> wow. That uh, phone thing is a real problem. It's a real problem. Patty said, my life was saved 20 years ago by a living kidney donor. I have found living kidney donors to be very humble about their amazing and generous act. Dave pointed out, I've donated a lot of blood. I'm sure that blood has helped save a life. Absolutely. Brian pointed out, you don't have to rescue someone from drowning. You can donate a pint of blood, check off being an organ donor on your driver's license, or sign up to donate a kidney or bone marrow. So we think of these heroic measures but you can sign up to be an organ donor and you don't have to do anything. I mean, you just sign right. up on the website, sign or sign yeah. a card, tell people around you, hey, if, I, if it ever comes up, I would like to be an organ donor. And I think it's maybe you can save seven lives and benefit 11 lives or I, I don't have the numbers right, but you can make a huge difference. And of course, because yes. of Jamie's hepatitis C, now miraculously cured, I'm a huge proponent of organ donation, but it's absolutely true. Kidney donation is so important. Blood donation is so vital. And also, Elizabeth, one of the things that struck me is that I think that a lot of times you might hesitate for fear that right. you would do it wrong. Like I can imagine if I was in a restaurant and someone was choking, I would think, I don't want to get up out of my seat because I've never done the Heimlich maneuver. And if right. I intervene, maybe I'll stop somebody who's more qualified from stepping in. But it sounds like a lot of times people just instinctively do something, and maybe that's better. And these stories, it doesn't sound like these people were experts on the Heimlich maneuver. No. <laughs> it sounds like they just did what we all know to do, but we probably have never done. Right. So, yeah, I think it's it definitely encourages me to step in in a situation where I, before I agree with you, I absolutely would not have. I would have been like, I'll do more harm than good. Right. There must be someone more qualified. Yes. But if there's not a doctor nearby, right. something is better than nothing. Right. Often. Right. No, because I think I would have thought exactly what you're saying. Like, I could do more harm than good, but there may not be time. Like, you have to just try your best. So, 
I found this to be endlessly fascinating to to think about all these different circumstances. So let us know if you do try this at home, if you've saved a life, (laughs) or if you're planning to save a life by doing something by signing up to be an organ donor or bone marrow donor, blood donor, or other things that you might do. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 403 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got some packing cube hacks, but first, this break. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, for happiness hack, we got so many hacks related to packing cubes. In a recent episode of More Happier, you and I were talking about how your writing partner, Sarah Fain, is such a fan of packing cubes. She like got you to get some packing cubes because she was yes. just so enthusiastic about them. Well, it, you and I have not explored the wide world of packing cubes. We we have never <laughs> done it. You bought yeah. some. I don't think you yes, used them I did. yet. But people are very keen on packing cubes in ways that I did not even think of. Yes. Kara said, my best friend and I are both single with no kids. We often travel together. We started using packing cubes a long time ago. We swear by the ones like these from TravelWise for one very specific reason. They come in multiple bright colors. This is important for two reasons. A, black packing cubes in a black bag are hard to see and find. And more importantly, B, having multiple colors, one for each member of your traveling party, means that no matter where you are in your suitcase or accommodations, you can see whose stuff is where. Also, I wanted to add something that my best friend started doing that I think is genius and have now started doing. She started doing this with post-it notes, and then I made her, as a crafty one between us, a set of cards made out of cardstock and laminated with the days of the week on one side and day numbers one through 10 on the other side, as most trips for us are no more than 10 days. On the three extra cards, I wrote extra day one, extra day two, etc. She then lays these out and picks out outfits for each day. I have watched this transform the way she travels. 
So this is smart. I like the idea that you could open up a suitcase and everybody could just like pull out their own stuff so that you're not pawing through a bunch of things. And then having it labeled, especially if you're a place where you're not just like grabbing a t-shirt and shorts or something, but you really have specific outfits. And it's like, I don't want to wear this shirt on the wrong day because it's carefully coordinated with a pair of pants or whatever just takes out the decision fatigue of having to keep that all in your mind. I thought that was a great idea. Yes. And then Susan said, we have two colors. Our clean clothes go in one and the dirty go in the other. It makes coming home and unpacking easier. I mean, another great idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, many people did suggest that each family member's clothes would go in a different color cube so you could do that. So that's a good idea. And then Bridget had an idea for people who are really don't want to buy more stuff. And this is a great repurposing of something that kind of has haunted me is like, this thing seems so useful, but what would I use it for? She said, I wanted to share with you and listeners a way to get free travel cubes with something that you might already have in your home. You know that packaging that pillowcases, bedsheets, and even small comforters come in? They are very similar in size to the travel cubes that are sold in the stores. And as a bonus, most of the time they are completely clear, allowing you to see all the contents easily. I discovered this a few months ago when I was looking for a way to organize my children's clothing for traveling. They are still very young, so lots of tiny clothing that can Mm -hmm. easily get mixed up or misplaced. I was able to find two sheet set bags that fit all their clothing easily. Each has their own bag and has made the trip so much nicer. I know these exactly. They have a clear window on the front and they zip and they're often and they're cube shaped. Or, but here's my idea, Elizabeth. Okay. You know when you get like a fancy pair of shoes and it comes with like a nice shoe bag and you're like, I mean, I guess some people keep their shoes in shoe bags. That's like way next level for me. (laughs) I never do that. But they're really nice bags. And I mean, you wouldn't want to put something that would get wrinkled. But if you had just like a bunch of socks that you were like clean socks in one bag and dirty socks in another bag or whatever. You can use the shoe bags. Socks, underwear, bathing suits, that kind of thing. Yes. Right, right, right. So thank you, everyone. Yes, I love this whole packing cube revolution. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I know. You and I were oblivious, but people we people have been, have been tracking it. And now we're going to do a deep dive into some responses that we've gotten. This is an episode that has lots from listeners. We've gotten a lot of responses from listeners. So this is kind of a grab bag of a bunch of different emails that we've received according to like different things that have come up over the last few episodes. So the first one was from Lizzie, who was responding to the 400th episode when we were asking people, what has resonated most deeply with you of the previous 400 episodes? Yes. She said, I was just listening to your 400th episode. I was very struck by your thoughts on what you enjoy doing as a 10-year-old should influence your adult work and hobbies. I've always been an animal lover and since childhood strived toward being a veterinarian. I worked hard, achieved my dream, but the reality didn't quite match the expectation. Working as a vet in clinical practice was okay, but not the vocation I dreamed of. The trouble was I didn't know what else to do, and I didn't hate the job enough to do anything about it. I was drifting. Fast forward to COVID and a very quiet lockdown pregnancy and maternity leave. I discovered the Happier Podcast and listened to multiple episodes daily. I Thank you. I began idly thinking, what did I enjoy as a 10-year-old? Well, animals, but I remembered that I also loved to write. I used to write out care guides for my multiple pets and long diary entries about my imagined veterinary <laughs> adventures. Writing, could it be a possibility? 
Well, two years on and I'm no longer a vet working in practice. I'm now a veterinary copywriter, writing articles for both pet owners and fellow veterinarians about all aspects of pet care, veterinary medicine, and more. And I absolutely love it. I'm still getting around to starting a happiness project. The third best time is tomorrow, (laughs) right? But I don't think I'll need a work section. You've already sorted that one out for me. That's fantastic. I love this because, again, it's not something you would necessarily think of without some self-reflection. And and I think if as a 10-year-old, you're writing care guides for your multiple pets. I mean, that is it is funny when you look back on it. You're like, oh, it's so obviously connected. But you might (laughs) not realize that. So that I thought that was a wonderful story. Yes. And Stacy wrote about our episode 401 where we talked about ideas for time capsules. She wrote, I went to a small all-girls high school that had a ton of really fun traditions. One of my favorites, during our senior year, we all wrote letters to ourselves and they were buried under our class rock in the senior garden. At our 10-year reunion, we all got our letters back. On the heels of that fun experience, receiving my senior letter, I decided to host a time capsule dinner for about 15 girlfriends. It was the year we were all turning 30. I hosted a dinner and instructed everyone to write a letter to themselves, and I paired everyone with one other person to write a letter to. We also brought magazine clippings, photos, etc. Ten years later, the year we all turned 40, we rented a house in San Francisco and had a time capsule weekend where we had a ton of fun and, of course, opened our time capsules. Last year, we did our 50th in Aspen, opening yet another time capsule. I also created time capsules for all three of my children. I collected letters, photos, first outfits, baby shoes, etc. from the first year of life, then sealed it up. The night before my son left for college last year, we had a small family dinner with the grandparents, etc., and he opened his time capsule. It was super fun for him to read all the letters he received when he was born and a meaningful tradition for our family on the eve of college send-off. Anyway, I thought I would share as time capsules have been an easy and fun way to create tradition and preserve memories in different areas of my life. I thought this was so great. Yes, I love it. And I love the every 10 years. That's so much yes. fun. It's so much fun. And again, if you're if you're interested in that storage box or the memento box, if you want to do time capsules with things that are flat, I'll post yes. a link. You can just go to the Happiness Project shop or go to my website and look for the shop. Yeah. But then, then we heard another, another listener yes. had a different perspective on time capsules. Yes. Rebecca said, in the spirit of the opposite of a profound truth is also true, I feel like the opposite of keeping a time capsule can also be true. As a mom of four, I am overwhelmed by toys and knickknacks. I prefer to use things like Christmas cards as the decoration banner for the current year, but then say goodbye. An alternative to the box capsule is a digital picture album. I even have pictures of the scene or awards, etc. Then I set my Google portal to display pictures from on this day. Well, I love I love the idea that the opposite of a profound truth is also true yes. and that y- you may not want the stuff. It, it is a yeah. box that you p- keep on the shelf yes. or it's a book that you have on your bookshelf. And some people are just like, no. Well, and with four kids, it yes. adds up to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Then we got some very interesting responses to the person who was asking about the child who was persistently late to school, the someone, a child that she thinks is a rebel. And so we were talking about different ideas about how you might handle that situation. Yeah, Annette said, when the comment was made of what does it matter if the student is a couple of minutes late, as a middle school teacher, I will say it does matter. Most classes start with bell ringers, 
starters, agendas, passing slash collecting papers, etc., setting the tone for the period and other important instructions. Not to mention one to two minutes leads to five to ten, etc. Nothing is more annoying for us as teachers to have to repeat directions and so forth for latecomers, and some students' entrance is disruptive to the rest of the class, especially if it's a challenging student. Lastly, reward the kids who were there on time, preferably with a high priority reward for the late student, something he wouldn't want to miss. Just my two cents after 34 years in middle school. Well, she brings up many good points. She brings up many good points. But on this idea of what is there for the children who are on time, which she alludes to at the end, Claire picked up on that idea. She said, I'm a rebel too and have done some teaching in my time. My first reaction was like yours. If the student is one to two minutes late, then I let it slide. It seems a little needlessly strict to chastise them for that. I can also see, though, that the student may get some kind of mischievous glee in consistently being just a tiny bit late. Ha ha ha. Having said that, if the teacher really wants to crack down, especially if we're talking more than 10 minutes late, here's an idea. The teachers could put all the class students' names in a hat or a digital randomizer and hold a student prize draw at precisely the minute the class starts. Hmm. The catch is, if your name is drawn, you need to be present to claim your prize. I don't mean tangible prizes or, God forbid, cash, but a privileged benefit first choice of some sort, something they can use for that class on that day. The privilege could stay the same or change, be announced the day before, or even be announced the same time the winner is drawn. This appeals to my rebel tendency as I could still choose to show up late and take the risk of missing the win, but how annoying it would be to win it and not be present to claim it. (laughs) Rebels love choice and risk, and this combines both nicely. So I thought this was really interesting. This is like a rebel's take on mm-hmm. how you might set something up. There's the gamifying, which often appeals to rebels. It's the choice. I could choose to be late, but I choose to be on time because I want my chance. And I don't want to be annoyed by the chance that I, that I might not get something that I otherwise could claim. So I thought that yes. was very imaginative. Yes, really good. Lana says, I too was always intentionally a little late to all my classes, and it was unexpectedly because of social anxiety. While being late also always made me nervous, it was easier to deal with than having to chat with so many people in the hallways while waiting for the class to start. High school relationships can be turbulent and hard to navigate for teenagers. Could it be that that's what's making him late? In any case, for me, it stopped on its own in a few years. Well, yes, and a related point comes from Jennifer, who said, this might be a long shot because this school administration sounds like they're really on top of things, but could it be possible that he has a bully? He might be getting there a few minutes late in order to avoid interactions with someone. Might be worth looking into. So these two listeners have a very different take on Mm, what might be going on. But that was a very interesting insight, which is, you know, one thing you think about the person who's gleefully late, sort of breaking the rule, right. but then maybe there's somebody who's avoiding a very painful situation. Obviously, you, you would approach those situations very differently. Yes. Well, it's interesting, Gretchen, the solutions and then also the reasons yes. one might be late. It's interesting to explore. So hope this helps. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear so many different people's perspectives on it. Like clearly we bring our own experience and assumptions to something like this. So yeah, there's a whole range of things to think about. Interesting question. Yeah. Coming up, I've got a Corgi-related gold star, but first this break. 
We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, so maybe other people have experienced this, but sometimes like when you feel like there's a lot on your mind, you start to lose things. Like I'm usually very, very careful. Like I always do that thing where I look behind me when I get up from a seat and I'm really like very conscious of not spreading out things that then need to be consolidated again or whatever. But recently I was traveling, like kind of like old times. I went to Philadelphia one day, I went to New Haven one day, and in both places I left something behind. I got both things back and was fine, but it was unnecessary hassle. It was unnecessary distraction. I don't like losing things. It makes me feel like I'm losing parts of myself. It makes me disproportionately uneasy. And then kind of related to this, you know, every year I, you know, I love a holiday breakfast and every year I do a holiday breakfast for Halloween. And I, you know, I was just talking about it. I dyed the milk orange. I put out my placemat. I dyed the peanut butter black, all this So I was traveling on Halloween, but I was home Halloween morning, and I could have laid it all out and then had Eleanor have it when she got up. I got up too early before she she was awake, but I could have set everything up, and I forgot that. And so I feel like I'm just forgetting things, losing things, and so I keep reminding me, you know, go slow to go fast. You know, like I was speaking, so I took off my Apple Watch because you know how it will sometimes vibrate, and I'm like, I don't want it to vibrate in the middle and distract me, so I'll just take it off. Then it just vanished on this little cubby where my stuff was. I'm like, Mm. okay, slow down. Mm -hmm. Take time to put everything in a bag. Don't just put something down. Put it away. I mean, I've got a thousand aphorisms for this. Yes. So I'm hoping that by giving myself the demerit, I really will put my attention on it and so that I will stop dropping all these little bits behind me. Yeah, especially with losing things. Just put it down where you know you have to get it. 
Yeah, like why would I put that down next to my bag instead of inside right. my bag? And the reason exactly. is because it goes inside my bag and then it's kind of hard to find it because it's in all the pockets yes. and everything. I'm like, pick a pocket, always put it in the same pocket so it's easy to find. Don't just randomly set it on the counter. Yes. I mean, okay. Of course, Gretchen, know. I'm remembering when we forgot your suitcase in Santa oh. Barbara. Oh my gosh. When we went yes. to the brunch at Oprah's house and we oh, were yeah. so like overwhelmed. Then we, yes. we drove, we pulled up oh. to my my house and you said where's my bag and we had <laughs> no. driven all the way home oh my gosh a couple of hours we were exhausted <laughs> I was like leaving the next morning and it was at that moment I realized I never put a bag in the trunk oh gosh. yeah and you thought we were gonna have to drive back up there get it and drive back and I was like no yes. we're gonna have to figure something out no that was <laughs> that was memorable yes yeah. Yes. Don't do it. Don't leave something behind. Yes. Develop those systems. Yes, a system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, maybe that's it. Like a stumble may prevent a fall. I left my Apple Watch, and now I won't leave my I won't leave my suitcase. A friend of mine suitcase. left her her garment bag on an airplane. Just just de deplaned. Never thought of it for like eight hours, and then was like, oh, where is it? And it, somebody had taken it. And she never. I've got left bags on airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. Count. Always count. How many bags do you have with you? Okay, listen, what's your gold star? Okay, so Gretchen, I am giving a gold star to Corgi Nation. Okay, Corgi <laughs> Spirit, Corgi Nation. You, you know, know I, I have, I have to interrupt you, Elizabeth, because somebody emailed me and said, oh, Elizabeth says she's not going to talk about her dogs anymore, but uh, I so enjoy hearing her talk about her dogs. And I wrote back, I was like, don't worry about it, because I think Elizabeth is going to talk about her dogs. So yes. yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yes. So yeah, here I am, And here I am talking about my dogs. So you know, we have two corgis, Nacho and Daisy. And last weekend, we went for the first time to the Southern California Corgi Beach Day, uh -huh. which is at Huntington Beach. And it's a day for everyone to bring their corgis. We went, and I mean, there's hundreds of corgis there, mm -hmm. and they sell corgi merchandise and, mm -hmm. and pet merchandise, and there's food trucks, and, you know, it's a whole thing. And I will say it was extremely crowded, mm. and I won't say it was like pure bliss simply because it was so crowded, mm -hmm. but... It was really fun to just see other people who love their corgis and just yeah. smile at them and wave. Yeah. And Nacho and Daisy were great. They didn't bark. They were just wagging their tails at all the people and the corgis. And Gretchen, you know I love some merch. Oh, so yeah. I got, love you, the merch. Yes. Yeah, so I got a corgi beach day shirt and we got a <laughs> corgi nation flag. So I just want to give a gold star to, you know, this corgi spirit, the the yeah. love has brought so much to our lives, uh -huh. like as a family, uh -huh. it's brought so much to us. So big gold star to corgi well, nation. It reminds me of that more happier where you were saying that your love of the Real Housewives helped you form a friendship. And it's all about the shared enthusiasm can help you draw closer to other people. And this is a great example where these were people yeah. that you don't even know. But still, you're all having this fun adventure together. Yes. Because yes. of the shared enthusiasm. It's so fun. Yes. So anyway, good times. Okay. Then I want to see that t-shirt soon. The resources <laughs> for this week. We now have transcripts. I'm so happy. This has been a long time coming. It's kind of a multi-layer process to get it going and get them right. Um, but they will be published. They'll be published the week following the episode because of just the time needed to 
process them. If you go to GretchenRubin.com slash podcast, you will see them there now for episode 401 if you want to see it. And then it will always be there within a week of the episode going live. We're very excited about this. And then November holidays are, you know, now is time to start crossing things off your list. Eliza and Eleanor have been telling me they've been putting things on their list and crossing things off. So that's good. If you want to get some of your holiday shopping done early with up to 20% off some purchases, go to the Happiness Project shop through November 30th and you get 20% off orders that are $100 or more with the code HAPPIERNOVEMBER20. Returning customers get 15% off all orders with code HOLIDAYVIP15. And this excludes books and gift cards, but it covers everything else on the site. So it's journals, water bottles, pouches, all sorts of things there. So check it out. Nice. What are we reading? Gretch, I am listening to Matthew Perry's book, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And I am reading The Mountain in the Sea by Ray Naylor. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Save someone's life. Let us know if you've done it or if you've planned to do it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. Send them the link to this episode. Tell them to listen to the podcast. That is how people discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Well, Elizabeth, given that Daisy and Nacho bark, which I know because I hear them barking when I'm talking to you on the phone or when we're recording, I'm just surprised that it wasn't just some cacophony of corgi barking. I know. I think maybe corgis bark a lot at home, like a territorial thing, and mm. they don't bark out in public as much. Oh. Uh, but there were there was no barking. I asked Adam after you and I were talking about it. I said, was there any barking? And we couldn't remember any of the dogs barking out of really? hundreds. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is so Thank goodness. I mean, yeah. that would have been rough. That would have been loud. <laughs> From the Onward Project. We talk so much about how our dogs make us happier. Barnaby, Nacho, Daisy. We want to share a message from our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, about useful information for people who love their pets. Spot Pet Insurance can be your partner in navigating the unexpected. With Spot Plans, you can receive up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, transforming unforeseen expenses into manageable moments of care for your cat or dog. Spot Pet Insurance plans extend beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, helping ensure that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered. Head over to spotpet.com today and receive an instant quote. Visit www dot spotpet.com and sign up today. 
Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC.